Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I know sometimes you get distracted <laughs> when you're doing stuff, but this is bloody ridiculous, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot, and here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. It is indeed another episode of Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Every Wednesday we release full-length episodes and we're back, we're fired up, we're still sweaty, I'm sweated up, I'm still in Greece, <laughs> I'm still going strong. I will be coming home at some point and I will be back in the home studio and I'm sure the audio quality will be much better than it is again today. So please just persevere with us again for one more episode next week. I promise I will be back Sunday. We're flying back. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But we're here now. Fingers crossed big time, man. Sir, how long have you been away now? I've lost track. <laughs> I, I, it's, I think in total it's five weeks, which... It's too long. This is much longer than planned, okay? This is the the issue is, right? We're absolutely passionate about bringing you this podcast every week. When we started this podcast, we said we will do it every week. We will not fail. This weekend, I, we were at the point where we're going, well, I was at the point where I was going, "Jake, let's come on. We've run out of guests." We don't have any guests because we're in a, a situation where you're always on a beach, so we can't record guests. Um, we don't have a guest on today's show, but you still said, I'm passionate about putting it out there, about getting these weekly releases out, about creating this content uh, that, uh, that people find useful. Um, so we're here. We're doing it. Still on a beach. But you will be back next week, right? You will be back next I week. I will. I will be back next week, all being well. Fingers crossed. We're moving house in less than two weeks. The thing that worries me is when you say stuff like, all being well and fingers crossed. That, all being well Look, and fingers crossed. I'm 99% certain we will be getting on the plane 99. on Sunday. 99%? Sunday? Sunday. Where are you right now, this minute? <laughs> I haven't mentioned this to you. I haven't mentioned this to you, but you actually want to know where I am right now. Yes. You promise you won't laugh. I don't want you to laugh or judge me. The signal's awful. I want to know where you are. I'm, I don't promise I'm not going to laugh. No, actually, I do promise I'm not going to laugh. It's not funny anymore. So, we do like podcast first we like exclusives and today's episode is absolutely that it is the first time i've ever recorded an episode from a nudist beach <laughs> are you serious are you serious straight up you're on a nudist beach with that little thing <laughs> flapping about what's going on you're not telling me Look, that's not the situation is that really the situation and you're jumping around <laughs> right i'm not jumping yep. around i'm very I'm very much stationary. I'm very much stationary right now, so get any awful images out of your mind immediately. <laughs> Look, Martina, my girlfriend, is Italian. She's the beach queen. She wants to explore every single beach going. So the first thing we do when we arrive on the island is we get the map and then we look at all the different beaches. Right, where can we go? And she ticks them off. It's like there's, there's a methodology behind this. She wants to go to every single beach. Right. There were two beaches left to do. Two beaches left to explore. Today we're here, Little Banana. <laughs> Little Banana Beach. <laughs> I kid you not. Little Banana Beach is the beach that we are on. And and you know what's next 
Do you know what? Do you want to know what's next to Little Banana Beach? Tell me. Tell me what's next. You've got it. Big Banana Beach. Do you know what, Jake? You're right to start off with Little Banana Beach first because that's much less intimidating. There's much less expectation, isn't there, when you turn up to Little Banana Beach? Yeah, but I tell you something. I think there's one or two people here that are definitely on the wrong beach. <laughs> For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Hi there, this is Frank Flake from the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. I was a guest of Jake's on episode 73. If you haven't heard it, feel free to go back and have a listen. We get into everything from running challenges to mindset. By the way, if you've always wanted to earn in a month what you currently earn in a year, you may want to take a listen to my show. There's a link in the show notes of this episode, or you could just search for Sophisticated Property Investing on your podcast app. Running with Jake, the podcast. Look, in all seriousness, because on occasions we can do serious, and yes, absolutely, we don't have a guest officially for today's show, but that is not going to stop us from lifting your spirits, getting you fired up, bringing you your weekly dose of any motivation. And holidays, holidays are a really good time to reflect. I always find this in many areas of life, and I've done a lot of reflecting on this holiday, obviously a very long time, many weeks to reflect. And one of the things I've been thinking about seriously is training. Obviously, you know, regular listeners to the show know that I and Martina are training for the Manchester Marathon in October. That's our target. There's lots of people that I'm coaching, lots of runners coaching um, coaching for that event as well. And it made me think that there's a lot of people out there that are also having the same thought process because this is the halfway point now. This is the midway point in our training plan. This is where things get crucial. Things start to matter. Initially, in the early stages of following a training plan, working towards a race, you can afford to miss the obsession things don't matter quite as much things don't need to be quite as tight because you've got time on your side now time is starting to slowly slip away and i think this is a crucial time to start thinking about any changes that you need to make so today from little banana nudist beach i want to share with you my top 10 tips for the midway point of your training so tip number one is how important is it to you Now, when you first choose a goal, it might be the Manchester Marathon like myself, it might be a half marathon, 10K, it's local to you, something that's important to you, you've chosen it for important reasons. You've chosen it maybe to raise money for a charity. Maybe you want to target a personal best. Maybe actually you just want to kickstart a new fitness regime. Maybe you want to lose a little bit of weight and you've chosen and registered for a race, an event, to actually use that and kind of motivate you to achieve those goals. Well, things change in life, don't they? And I think the halfway point of training is a really really key and significant point to just ask yourself how important is it to me is it as important as it was when i first signed up for the race it might well be in which case great but if it isn't if it isn't as important to you then i think that's really important that you know that and you just have to kind of be very mindful of that because actually and i've always said this the more important a race is to you the more significant training is the more training matters there's less kind of leeway as it were there's less flexibility because actually what you're saying is this race means everything to me i want to achieve this time or i want to achieve this finish position whereas if you're a little bit more flexible and a little bit more relaxed about the goal so maybe you want to achieve let's say 85 or or 85 or 90% of what you're truly capable of rather than pushing everything like 100%, then it does give you a bit more flexibility in training. It's a little bit more relaxed. You can drop in a round of golf on a Wednesday if that's what you really want to do with your friends and then go out and do your run 
on a Thursday. Whereas actually, if you were like, I want to achieve this PB at all costs, maybe you have to consider those social occasions and those things like golf or going out for drinks on a Saturday evening. So I think just asking yourself, look, how important is it to me now? And, and you know, there's one or two of my runners I've had this conversation with and uh, some of them it's actually become more important. You know, it can go the other way. Uh, for some, it can be less important. So that's the first thing to ask yourself. And I think this is a key time to do that. Number two, is it still realistic? Now, the goal that you've set out to achieve, when you first start out, hopefully you planned effectively in terms of setting that goal. And it, it, it is realistic. It was realistic. Is that still the case now? Because we can have all good intentions when we first set out and start to train. But things get in the way, don't they? Life gets in the way. I mean, I know that from the conversations we have, Pete, where sometimes you want to get out there and run. And actually, you've had a busy day editing podcasts, busy day of working. You've just not ne- not been able to get out there and, and do that run. So now, at this halfway point, it's a good time just to say, look, h- how's it going? Is it still realistic? You know, have you picked up any niggles during the first half of your training? Are there any old injuries that are kind of show- rearing their ugly head again? Or is everything in check? Are you in good, solid shape and able to kind of push forward? I really like that, is it still realistic point, Jake? Because, um, you know, you do have to check things, you do have to check yourself occasionally in life and see if, you you know, what you're heading for is actually going to happen or if you maybe need to change your goals. But, you know, and I'm, I'm not a runner, but I do know a lot of runners now, it turns out. Um, and... and Realistically, now this is a weird question, but realistically, how honest are people with themselves? Um, Or are they like, yeah, I'm superhuman, of course I can do it, of course I can do it, it's my goal, damn it. Do you know, it's really funny you ask that, Pete, because I think there's some people that are... I think it's some people that undersell their performance. Do you know what I mean? They kind of, they, they, they doubt themselves. It's, it's that lack of confidence. Oh, can I do it? And then there's perhaps other mm. people, you know, that, that fall into the category of, of, you know, superhuman. I can do this. I can smash it. You know, I've not got long left, but I can still do it. I can claw the sessions back that I've missed, the fitness that I've lost. I can gain that again. You know, that kind of thing. So y- you have to factor sure. everything into this when it, when it comes down to setting realistic goals and just periodically checking in with yourself as we've said the halfway point's a great time to do that but look what's the cost what's the cost of the goal not being realistic well it's pressure isn't it and what's the cost of that well too much pressure you crumble and what do you do you beat yourself up for not achieving the goal you know you doubt your own ability Mm. maybe you fall out of love a little bit with running you know all those things that you 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 want to avoid as much as possible so just asking yourself is it realistic now this is a difficult question to ask yourself actually but i really think it's important as well to to ask yourself look do i need to consider deferring this event if you feel it is not realistic and as you say pete you know be true to yourself be really honest with yourself painfully brutally honest do you need to consider deferring it's not the race of your life it's not the end of your running journey your running career you know it's a hobby it's an interest for so many of us and although we can be a little bit in some respects short-sighted you know we get really focused uh, pinpoint focus on a, on a particular event but you know what's beyond that there is life beyond that race and you don't want to injure yourself because that's the worst that can happen isn't it you know you're not ready for it it's not realistic you mm. still go ahead and do it because you, you're like just right I've got to do it pull in a china shop here we go 
end up injured and you could be out for a long time, worst case ever. So I think just thinking long term, you know, make the brave decision to defer, I, I think is a brave decision. I think it's very smart. It's not weakness, it's really smart. And and what I would do just on that, in terms of if you do think, well, actually, do I need to defer? Maybe you've, you've got a bit of a niggle at the moment and you're just not quite sure whether it's possible, whether it's realistic or not. I would set a date for the decision. Because once you've decided, it just gets it out of your head. It, it parks it. Now, there will be an element, I'm sure, some time where you need to just, you know, a little bit down in the doldrums, a uh, bit of a bear with a sore head, maybe not the best company to be around. Because, it, it, you know, there's a grieving process. You wanted to, to achieve something, you decide to defer, you're disappointed, great. But just allow that process to happen. And I think the sooner it can happen, the better, because then you can move on from it. So set a date, it gets rid of any anxiety. Yeah. At least you know, right, that's the date, and I'm going to make a decision uh, whether I'm going to defer or not. And I would also, and this isn't just in terms of is the goal realistic, but it's kind of on the back of that. I always recommend planning a bit of a, I suppose, a contingency race. So what I mean by that is, do you have another goal beyond, let's say, a marathon or whatever you're training for, your main goal? Do you have something else that's not that far away beyond that goal? Now, it's got to be far enough away so that you can recover from the target race. Obviously, you don't get injured. But if you have that in your mind, so I've got a half marathon, for example, and it's about, I think it's about five weeks after after Manchester Marathon. And what that enables me to do is it gives me another chance to use my fitness. Does that make some sense? It gives me another chance if Manchester doesn't go to plan or if I wake up on the day I'm not feeling great or if it's really hot or really windy or you know you have food poisoning the day before. Rather than thinking, oh, all that fitness and all that time's wasted, you've got another opportunity. It's something else to focus on. So I think that's quite a smart way way to train. Mm. So number th- number three uh, midway training tip is measure your fitness. Now, obviously, kind of knowing where you are at the moment is important well how are you going to do that well have you done any races where you uh, gave it everything you had it went well you got a finish time that should help give you an indication of where your fitness is at the moment to help shape obviously um, perhaps the training or the target time for your upcoming race maybe you did a time trial where it's just you versus the clock you know you're not with other people but you just say right I'm going to do a 5k time trial after a nice warm up set the watch off you go if you haven't done a time trial maybe you can consider that now it's something i do give a lot of my runners uh, i think it's good for mental strength as well because you're not around other people so you've got to you've got to find that sheer grit and determination within to be able to keep pushing and, and you know maximize your, your your effort as it were so you could do a time trial a blood lactate test is another very useful way of measuring your fitness it's something i do w- with a lot of my runners uh, this is done in a, in a physiology lab uh, with experts exercise scientists where they effectively measure your fitness for want of a, a, a better explanation uh, and that gives you a good idea of where you are there may be a specific session that you've done previously so let's say you're training for a half marathon you've got a few under your belt and there's a key session that you do that tells you where you are you know if you hit certain one mile reps for example maybe you do uh, five times one mile at race pace for example well you can measure where you were at a similar time before your target race previously. Does that make sense? So you're comparing the two. Again, it just gives you a clear indication of where you are. And and just the one sort of, I suppose, caveat in some respects I would add to measuring fitness or one sort of little warning sign is don't rely too heavily on algorithms from running watchers, whether that's the Garmin or Polar. You know, there's many out there uh, and they're fantastic pieces of kit, great tools, and they tell you whether you're being productive 
or whether you're being unproductive and, and a lot of people on social media take a great a pleasure in um, airing their frustrations when their watch says, oh, you've just run six miles, you've been unproductive, and then they take a photo of it and like, <laughs> upload it to social media. It's just based on algorithms. It can't take everything into account. It can't see the full picture, so just be very mindful of that. Number four is considering targets. So once you've, you know, is it realistic? Is it, have you measured your fitness? Then I, need, I think you need to consider your targets. So this is something that I think you can refine over time. So it's it's not something that when you first start, let's say, a 16-week training plan, you say, right, this is the target time, that's it. I'm going to hang on to that target time for dear life because things change, as we've said. So I always advise that you choose three target times, not one. Now, we may have mentioned this before on a previous podcast, a previous episode, but I think it's worth mentioning again because this is just so valuable. So your first target time that I suggest you choose is your what we call your dream time. So if you wake up on the morning of your race, you're feeling absolutely amazing and the weather is perfect, conditions couldn't be better, it's a perfectly flat course, you know, everything works like clockwork and the gods the racing gods are shining down on you that's your dream time it's almost unrealistic almost the second time is your real time so it's it's as it sounds it's your real time based on everything based on how you feel when you wake up on the in the morning based on the wind when you arrive at the starting line so you've got to factor everything into account you know how your training's gone it's sort of the time that you're really targeting and that's your real time and then the third time which i think is is just as important if not the most important is we know things don't always go to plan and sometimes we need to live to fight another day and what you don't want to do is uh just be hell-bent on achieving one time and in the race you know it's slipping away from you and then you start to beat yourself up the best thing to do is give yourself a third time which i call your fair time so it's a time that you are happy to almost fall back and achieve so in the race if it's not going to plan and you 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 realize that your dream time your real time is slipping away what is the fair time The, the time that you'll accept so that when you cross the finishing line you don't beat yourself up i think that's really really important So tip number five, or thought number five. I think uh, uh, it's actually one of my runners. um, And I'm wondering whether to mention their name or not. I won't mention their name, but it's one of my runners. Uh, I had a little uh, message exchange the other day, uh, training for a big event back end of the year. Uh, And I think, I mentioned this to them, and I think it's really important to consider what you've done, not what you haven't. So don't look at the training sessions that you've missed. Don't focus on the long run that actually you cut short by five miles because you were desperate for the toilet and you just didn't you know you sacked it off or you just didn't feel good or the weather was really bad now it's yes it does pay to factor those into the big picture so when you're looking at you know what's realistic it, it does pay to consider everything but i think it's really important to look at the positives because that gives you confidence so look at what you have done Don't look at just what you haven't done and what you've missed and what hasn't gone well and what hasn't worked and the sessions you've been disappointed with. Because to race well and achieve goals in life, we need confidence. And one point I want to add to that is don't expect confidence to stay. So I think many of us can relate to this. If we do a run or a race, let's say we're training for a main target, main race, and as part of that, we do a a, 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 a kind of warm-up race, as it were, a tune-up race, yeah? 
you go and do that race and it goes really well. You're firing on all cylinders, you're beaming ear to ear, you're feeling amazing on cloud nine. That boosts your confidence, you feel amazing, but it doesn't last. There will be a session around the corner that doesn't go to plan. There will be something that doesn't go your way. There will be something that causes a little bit of disappointment. And I think just knowing that emotions ebb and flow and that roller coaster of emotion that's kind of up and down throughout a training, training cycle, training plan, knowing that that happens, I think can help you to deal with things. You don't beat yourself up, which is a phrase we're using a lot here because I don't want you to do that. I want you to get the most out of your training. So off the back of that, point number six is don't panic, which is <laughs> linked closely to point five. People do panic. People focus on, you know, how many runs they haven't done, as I've just mentioned. But what I would do is, you know, when people panic about, oh, I've only got so many weeks now. Oh, I can't believe it. I've got, I've got seven weeks. Seven weeks until the Manchester Marathon. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Let's break that down. And this, this comes from Martina, actually. This was inspired by Martina because we were talking uh, the other day and, and she's obviously doing Manchester Marathon with me and she was looking at how many weeks we've got left to train when we get back on Sunday and then she said I could see there's a little bit of panic a little bit of panic she's like, oh we've only got you know is it seven weeks eight weeks I think to the Manchester Marathon I said look that's a lot of training sessions that's a lot of running so here's the deal just for easy numbers if you are training let's say you're training four times a week and you've got five weeks until your event. That's 20 runs. That's that's a lot of running, you know? And if you're training mm, for That's a, too much running, Jay. That's, that's too way much. too much running. <laughs> for, for, an, for a non-running guy like you, that's definitely way too much running. But it just puts things in perspective a little bit, and, and mm. you realise just how much training you have got to do. Sure. Uh, you know, so that, I think, can, can boost your confidence. Sorry, I just got a little bit distracted there's a, a bunch of naked people walking past <laughs> very slowly i would say that's a maximum maximum taking the drag factor into account i would say it's a maximum of about 16 minutes per mile that's the sort of pace we're looking at here uh, blimey blimey that's a serious drag factor okay i'm back back in the game back in the game back in the game i know sometimes you get distracted when you're doing stuff but this is bloody ridiculous jay <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, point number six, if you didn't get the message by now, is don't panic. Focus on how many runs you've got left to do. Don't panic, don't panic. Okay, number seven. Of course, once you know how things are going in your training, you've got to make some little tweaks here and there. Potentially, I say you've got to, you don't have to, if everything's perfect. But the odds are there may be some things that you need to tweak. So let's just remind ourselves what the uh, various elements are that we should consider when making training tweaks. So... Let's look at mileage, volume, duration. How much time have you spent running? What's the frequency like? Have you ran frequently? Maybe you said, right, I'm gonna run four times a week for the London Marathon. And then when you got in the thick of it, you ran four times for two weeks and then it suddenly dropped to three times most of the time. So just looking at frequency, are you happy with that? Is now the time just to increase? Can we get a cheeky little run in there? An extra little 30 minute run maybe on a Saturday morning before your long run, sun, your long run on Sunday that might just help boost your confidence a bit, boost your fitness, help your preparation. It may be intensity. Intensity might be something that has been missing a little bit. You know, we've had 
uh, many running clubs have been a bit stop-start, haven't they, with the pandemic? And a lot of people use running clubs. I mean, they're amazing, but a lot of people use running clubs for that motivation to be around other people and to push themselves to work hard. So to do the intense stuff, because it's, it's difficult to do on your own, right? So it's better to do it with other people. Well, if you've actually not had many options to be able to do that because of the pandemic, maybe not being going to running clubs as much, then maybe now you need to inject a little bit of intensity into your training just to push those levels up, particularly if you're being ambitious in terms of target time. So if, if it's not just about completing a race, if it's about you know a PB or a challenging time for you, then obviously we've got to get a little bit of speed into the training. And what I would do, actually, is if you just look over your training plan or if you're now planning the next few weeks of your training, the key sessions, so the, what I like to call the quality sessions, the things that are a bit juicy, got a bit faster stuff running in, you know, faster pace running in there, maybe some hill work for some strength, this kind of stuff, I would diaryize them. I would absolutely get them in the diary. And I would also, and this may sound a bit funny, but I would let your friends and family know. I would let your colleagues know. I would let people know that are close to you and that you come into contact with a lot because they can help you they can help you to make it happen does that make sense because sometimes if you have got some key sessions and really important stuff to do you do need to let people know especially if they're they're like non-running friends and family members that don't run they they need to be fully in the picture because i think there's less chance of them asking you to do certain things or pulling you away from that session do, do, do you understand what i mean by that you've got to be able to have the best opportunity and the best chance to be able to bank these sessions because mm. they matter and sure. why they're key sessions. Yeah, yeah, You know, time isn't on your side. I've said don't panic, but also be realistic. Time is not on your side as much as it was, obviously, when you first started training for your event. So just be very, very mindful of that. And these key sessions, get them in. Very, very important and commit to them. Really, really, really key. Okay, number eight, practice nutrition. This is a great time now. I'm saying this to a lot of my runners, uh, especially if they're training for the longer distances. Now look, nutrition is important anyway. For, for health and well-being and fitness and life and running all distances. But the longer the, the distance of the race, the longer the race, the longer it goes on for, the more important nutrition is. You know, we know, we hear about carb loading for races like marathons and ultra marathons. We know that intrafueling is important. So what I mean by intrafueling is the fuel that you will take on board during the actual race itself. So for a marathon, and for uh, beyond ultra marathons, invariably you will be taking fuel on board. And this is not uh, an episode now, a time now to get into the world of nutrition because it is a, a minefield. But I, I strongly suggest practicing now. You know, we're talking about the midway point in training. So we've got a lot of time to be able to practice that. You know, test different gels. I know some of us get crazy about gels and oh, I don't like gels, they don't work for me. I don't like this flavor. There's so many brands out there. There's so many different flavors. You don't have to use gels. It, you might be better with more solid foods like sport, sports beans, jelly babies, Jaffa cakes, half a banana, whatever works for you. Don't wait until race day. And I do suggest doing some race simulation uh, kind of runs. So maybe your uh, longer runs, or, or it might be two or three of your longer runs that are in clo closer in distance to the, the main race, maybe you treat them as a race simulation. So you take the fuel on board at the exact time or mile or kilometer, depending on how you measure it, that you're likely to on the day of the uh, on the day of the race. It just leaves less to chance, especially with fueling, because the last thing you want is stomach upsets or any issues that are going to stop you from maximising your performance. I think it's important to also think about your pre-race 
nutrition as well. So really nail down your breakfast. What I get a lot of my runners to do, we use a, a platform called Training Peaks. So my runners upload all their sessions to Training Peaks. It's like Strava on steroids. I can see everything. I get all the detail, all the data, the heart rate, the lot. And I always ask them to detail what they had for breakfast and more importantly, or as important, when they had it, so when they consumed it, the timings, because that enables us just to make those little tweaks. So I definitely think that's something to seriously consider. Okay, number nine, still on the subject of practice, I would begin to practice race pace. Now, I may have mentioned this before, some of you may know this, I have a funny relationship with race pace. I think a lot of runners can relate to this because it just feels fast. <laughs> and because when you're in training, you're running on tired legs, and then you're suddenly going out there and doing a session. You're, so you're in the thick of training, you're doing lots of training sessions, and then you're choosing to go and do a run. It might be a long run with a little bit of race pace. It might be an hour's run in the week that's at marathon pace, or depending on what you're training for. And you're running on tired legs, and you're not near to your race yet, but you're on the way and you're doing the pace that you hope to sustain for the full distance on the day. And you think to yourself, how the hell am I gonna sustain this pace for the full distance come race day? So again, it's about that confidence. And I think if you do a race pace session and it goes really well, it can do wonders for your confidence. It can really boost you. you think, yeah, this is amazing. You know, I'm in good shape. I feel, I feel invincible, superhuman, as you said earlier, Pete. But if it goes the other way and it doesn't go to plan and the demons start to get into your head, how am I going to do this? You start to doubt yourself. This feels too fast. Maybe I need to rethink my goal. Maybe you do. Or actually, maybe you're just training on tired legs. Maybe your race is so far away that actually you've got time for this race pace to become realistic for the full distance. Maybe the conditions were optimum. You know, out in Skiathos now, it is not the best, I can tell you, for doing race pace sessions. You know, we've had to adapt our training massively. Everywhere you run is hilly, everywhere's hot. They've had a heat wave here. If you've been listening to the episodes over the last few weeks, you'll know. So you've sometimes just got to take everything into account, look at the big picture. But practicing a bit of race pace is important. I would suggest not too often. So don't be throwing it in all the time. Don't get crazy with race pace. It is very stressful. Take everything into account, as I mentioned. And then you might just want to fine tune your pace. So you might find, actually, do you know what? This is easier than I would expect it to be. So I think that my target, maybe, maybe it's a little bit conservative. Maybe, just maybe, I can think about running a little bit quicker, targeting a slightly faster time come race day. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's a little bit too ambitious and you just need to pull the reins in a bit and you need to be honest with yourself and say, do you know what? I don't think I'm ready for this time that I initially wanted to target. Maybe I'll look at that next year. What I'm going to do now is use the upcoming race as a stepping stone. So I'm still going to set a target. I'm still going to have a challenging goal to work towards, but it's a bit more realistic and there's more chance of me achieving it. I think it's a really smart thing to do. The last thing to mention on practicing race pace is, is always expect it to be harder than you would like or than you think. See, it's difficult. It's a bit of a juggling act because you've got to get that balance right because if it's way too hard, then as we said earlier, maybe your target time, target pace is a bit too ambitious. But if it's just a bit harder than you'd expect, well, you know, we've said you're going to be on tired legs. You, you're in training. It's not race day, you know. So you're training to be fitter. Every session you do, you benefit from. That's the idea. Never forget that. So I think just having that in your mind can help. You know, we do that quite a lot. Not so much here in Greece because everything's bloody harder than we'd like and expect but you know even back up back at home in the uk if i do a session 
and it's harder than I expect. I think, well, okay, you know, that's that's fine. That pace, I expected it to be a little bit harder, uh, and it's not such a shock, which I think is is very helpful. Number ten, the final point, midway training tips. Give the race perspective. I I mentioned at the start of this these tips and the reasons why I wanted to share this on today's show. Being away for five weeks, time to do a lot of reflecting, and it puts things in perspective. And I think it's very easy for us to get so caught up, and I say us because I really believe that so many of us can fall into this trap. We get so caught up with our ambition and with our target and with our race, and understandably so because it's it's important, it's significant, that I think it pays just to take a moment to take a little step back, give it perspective. Running is not life. Running is part of life. Running is a significant part of life for so many of us. We're very passionate, aren't we? Runners, we're very passionate about what we do, but it isn't the be all and end all of life. And sometimes it can feel a little bit like that when we're training and when things don't go to plan, but giving things perspective. Pete, can I tell you what really hammered that home for me while I was here on the island? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to know. Many people probably, well, many people will have seen this, I'm sure, on, on the news. Uh, it's all I've been all over the news. I I've, I've did mention this uh, on a few of my social media posts on Instagram, but we're, we're in on the island of Skiathos, just across the water. And as I talk to you now, we joke about being on the beach that I'm on, but on a very serious note, as I look across the water, what I see in front of me is the island of Evia, which is still on fire, mm. which is throwing. I, I mean, I cannot, it's difficult to describe just how much smoke is being thrown into the air. Mm. And when you walk from the hotel that we're in, that we're staying in Interskiathos town, you know, for food of an evening, like most people do when they're on holiday, against a backdrop of an island on fire and all you can see uh, uh, five six planes constantly back and forth back and forth risking their lives to try and put as much water onto this island as possible to just get rid of this fire and stop this awful situation mm. it puts things in perspective massively and i know that's kind of a real harsh kind of end to these top 10 tips and it's you know maybe a little bit heavy but I feel, and I've felt so strongly about this um, during this time away because, you know, we had a heat wave. I mentioned this on the on the episode a few weeks ago. They had a 10-day heat wave in Greece. You know, it's not just Greece. We see on the news, Turkey's had issues with the, the fires. I, I, I see that they've had issues over in America and California and various places around the world. And, and, you know, you're on holiday. I'm out with my girlfriend. I'm, I'm spending the days on the beach. I'm enjoying myself. And all I can see in the background is this island on fire. And I'll tell you something. It puts things in perspective. And it is a shame. It is so unfortunate that it's these awful situations that really do give us perspective. But if we use that just to settle our mind a little bit. And we, we both said this, Martina and I, the other day. We said, look, you know, Manchester, we're talking about it. And we said, you know, yes, we care. Yes, we want to do well. Yes, yes, target time, pace. Yes, yes, PBs. Yes, yes. But it's just a race. We're going to finish the race. We're going to get a medal. We're going to enjoy a cold drink afterwards to celebrate. You know, you're going to... that. All those things are going to happen no matter what time 
the clock stops at. Does that make sense? That's going to happen anyway. So I just think giving some things some perspective, you know, I'm not saying that your race isn't important to you because it is, but just give things a little bit of perspective and I think I can help you stay very, very mindful. Yeah, I think you're right to bring that up and I, I do, um, uh, you know, we, we get carried away with our own little personal goals and my own personal goals aren't necessarily running goals, but, you know, I have personal goals, but then, you know, like you say, it just takes something big sometimes to make you realise that in the grand scheme of things, you know, you're doing okay. Let's let's just chill out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And it is. It's about it's about enjoyment, isn't it? I mean, why else are you running? Why else are you running if you can't enjoy it? We talk about this a lot with our guests, don't we, on the show? Different guests and different different walks of life, different ambitions, different experience, different levels of ability. You know, professional to real runners with real stories. And we often talk about the psychology of, of running and training. And you know, we love all that stuff. And it is so important, as you say, Pete. You know, and it's enjoyment. We we get professional athletes. Athletes that have been competing in in Tokyo in the Olympics that are running for enjoyment. You know, if you put too much pressure on yourself, you're training towards a local 10k race. You put too much pressure on yourself. You know, how are you going to feel if you don't achieve that target time? You know, do you really want to have like you know weeks and weeks of disappointment and being you know bear with a sore head? I think just think getting that pressure right is that balance of is really important. You know, I mean there's. There's, we, we've had such a sex, uh, such a successful Olympics, from what I can see from the news. Mm. Uh, you know, Great Britain is their medal tally is, is is incredible, but there are definitely there have definitely been some athletes that have come home disappointed. You know, through injury, not being able to either compete or having to pull out of their event midway through. You know, if it can happen to the best of the best world-class athletes training for four years for the Olympics then it can happen to all of us, you know, on a recreational level. So just giving things perspective, having that in mind, enjoying the whole bloody process because we're runners, man. Come on, let's just enjoy it. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation, out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. Pete, I think we got away with that. I think... <laughs> thing we did if it wasn't for the crickets jake nobody would know nobody would even know that we'd not got a guest on this episode i can't do anything about the crickets i mean i've left martina on the beach i've I've, I've had to come away from the beach because the wind was so bad now i'm like by the by all the bushes with all the crickets i'm thinking i'm sweating my ass off it's an absolute nightmare martina apparently is going snorkeling while i'm recording this i don't know what the hell that means on a nudist beach but i've left her to it i've got to go and check in on her later (laughs) it's just I am pulling out all the stops to bring you this episode. I'll get back to the beach and she'll be doing naked lunges or something. That's what will be happening right now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God help me. Oh, man, what's going on? We need normality, Jay. We need normality. We need to go back to a standard thing that we do every show. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Well, I think on that note, it probably is time for a little bit more normality. It's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag ask jake today's question comes from joseph who is training for his first ever marathon in london this year and he's read that the body can process and digest 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour and he wants to know if this means that he must consume 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour during the london marathon 
The simple answer to that question, Joseph, is no. You do not have to take 60 grams per hour. Now, there is a lot of research and evidence that suggests that the body can indeed consume a rather processed 60 grams, and in some cases, even more than that, up to 80 grams and beyond. But that's a lot to take on board, especially if it's your first marathon. So my advice is keep things really simple, test things in training, and maybe start off with 30 grams per hour and see how the body feels. I think that's really important. Best of luck to you and enjoy your first ever marathon. You're going to create a very special memory. If you've got a running related question, you know the score by now. It's hashtag AskJake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. Do I have to email or can I just ask it right now? Because I've got an Ask Jake. I've got an Ask Jake right now, Jake. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't include you. I wasn't talking to you. Anyway, the point is that I would like to ask Jake, are you definitely going to be back home next week? Because we need you back home next week. I know we kind of got away with it because we provided some content and, you know, it was all right. Yes, it was good. It was good. I'll give you that. You know, there were some really good points in there and it's been an episode and I kind of feel like we're limping through the recording of it. But I know when it goes live, it's going to be fine and people are going to enjoy it. But it would be nice to get rid of the bloody crickets, to get rid of the naked people, and just to have a bit of normality. So will you please be back next week? I will be back. I, I will be back. It, it started off as a 99.9% chance I'm going to be back. Just suddenly hit 100. I'm definitely there, just for you, Pete. And in the <laughs> name of the show, and getting back to some form of normality, if Jet 2 do cancel our flight once again, I'm just going to hire a canoe, and I'm going to row my ass back to England. <laughs> And the rest. I'm just looking forward to getting onto a beach where the budgies are actually smuggled again. Because here, they're just allowed to fly free. And that's not a good thing. So look, I'm out of here. We'll be back next week. Back in good old Blythe, I promise, for your weekly dose of running motivation. Oh. (laughs) And one more thing. Focus on the possibilities for success. Not on the potential for failure.